Welcome to the Wealth Building Made Simple podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Inc. Realty. Today, along with Robert Lewis Jr. of Inc. Realty, Philip talks about negotiation strategies for home buyers. Philip Washington Jr. is a registered investment advisor. Information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific securities, investments, or investment strategies. Investments involve risk and, unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. Be sure to first consult with a qualified financial advisor and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. Past performance is not indicative of future performance. And now... Here's Philip. We're back with some more negotiation with Rob. What's going on, Rob? What's going on, sir? We, we negotiate everything, right? Do you, do you like negotiate with the, uh, you know, with the uh, waiters whenever you go eat somewhere too? Like you'd be like, hey man, I know, I know, I know this says that, uh, you know, crab is forty bucks a pound, but how about thirty-five? And I'll buy a bottle of bottle of wine. It, it might not be that obvious, but and and. and Taisha hates when I do it, but I ask for discounts everywhere. I can imagine. You gotta ask. Hey, gotta and, ask. I, and I bet you get more than what most people would think about, like, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. You never know until you ask. I read I read I read Donald Trump's book, one one of his books, um, before he was super controversial. Um, but you know, it was it's a good book. I forget what it's called, but it's about negotiating. And I was in college. And so I was like, I said, like, you can negotiate everything. So I like negotiated my uh, apartment. Uh, at least he got some money off, and I was like, "Dang!" So I have to like, <laughs> like the first time you do it, it's amazing. Like, wow! Right. I'm like, I'm like, oh, I didn't, I didn't, have, I didn't have to just pay stated price. God, <laughs> where, where was this book all my life? <laughs> um, but now we're we're talking about negotiating strategies from a from a buyer standpoint, and so we're gonna go back through, give an example of what you're looking to do: beginning, middle, end. So in the beginning, as the buyer. You know, what are you what are you looking for, and how are you trying to negotiate in that part of the process? So, the very beginning is the most important part because that lays the foundation for the entire contract. So, primarily, again, the same way that I do with the seller is discovery. I, I need to know where the buyer stands, um, what they have in, in regards to reserves, what they can, what they're looking forward to uh, putting down. Or, or what they have in regards to closing costs. So I need to know how much negotiating power I have. So if, for instance, if I'm working with a buyer who's, you know, currently selling a house that needs a contingency, I know that limits my buy, my, my buyer's power from a negotiating standpoint, because that contingency is a hard item. Like, they cannot buy this new house without selling this current house. That That's a hard item that I cannot get past. Now, if they've already sold the house and they have the cash, that's huge. Because then we can say, we can put down a larger down payment. We can put up more money for earnest money um, and probably have a more flexible timeline for negotiating. So all of those items are are basically buying power that that adds more leverage to you know what I can use to either help the buyer look better to the seller or give the seller more favorable terms in the offer. So initially that's what I'm looking for. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, so, so once you do your fact finding, understand all the information. All right, now, um, uh, you know, we're we're under contract. Um, what are you looking to negotiate during that process? Once you're under contract, that's the, that's the repair part, right? Yeah, that's the repair part. Right, right, right. Once you're under contract, then the first thing is, you, you know, you're going to get an inspection. Um, the inspection is going to have something on. I haven't, I've never seen a, a perfect inspection, and I never will. There's going to be something that's the inspector's job to find something. So um, it's just taking care of the major items, to be honest with you. And, and I again, set the expectations up front. Like we're not here to make the seller cock windows. Uh, we're, we're not here to make the seller change light bulbs. You know, we're looking for major functional or safety items with the house, whether it be, you know, something with the HVAC system, roof, foundation, plumbing, electrical, those types of items. The things that you can see with your own eyes, i.e. tattered carpet, the house needs to be painted. Those are items that you're going to uh, basically consider while you're writing the offer. Because in any transaction that I'm a part of, paint and carpet are not deal breakers. The only way that that would necessarily be a deal breaker is if I have a client with extremely bad allergies and the seller had either cats or dogs running rampant around the house hmm. that I can. Under, yeah, that's a deal breaker because my client will be suffering from day one. Once they moved in <laughs> without new carpet and possibly paint. <laughs> yeah. and, and, and so, so, okay. So then once, once you kind of have that process and now we're through that, what, what, what else do you need to negotiate after, after you get comfortable with what's going to be repaired and what's not? Okay, so once once you're comfortable with the repair aspect and and hopefully all the major systems are in good shape, hopefully. Otherwise, you know, that's when negotiations become tough because those are big ticket items. It's like, well, who's going to pay for it? But hopefully at least all the big ticket stuff is okay. Uh, But moving on from there, the only thing that that you would possibly have come up, uh, assuming nothing tragic happens, is, is, is the appraisal. And, and hopefully you've done that up front. Hopefully you know exactly how much your buyer is comfortable with paying and, and you set that up front regardless of what the appraisal comes in at. So I know we used an example of a $500,000 house uh, when we were talking about with the seller. So let, let's keep with that same example. Let's say $500,000 house, uh, we offer $525,000. we are comfortable with paying whatever that difference is, if the appraisal does not come in. And it's my job as the agent to let my client know from the buyer's perspective, hey, I think that this property will appraise for this amount based off of current comps. Now, there could be a situation that other houses will sell during that time that may push that number up. And I've seen that happen on several occasions uh, in the current market. But I would plan in my mind that the property is going to appraise right at about 500. So uh, you should be comfortable with paying the $25,000 difference uh, if it doesn't. 
and anything above over and above that, if the property appraises, then we're golden. Let's say the property appraises for 515. Oh, sweet. You know, that cuts that 25,000 down to only a $10,000 difference. So seller's happy. They still get their 525. Buyer's happy. You know, they only have to pay a $10,000 difference as opposed to a $25,000 difference, which they were okay with the 25 because they want the house. That's the important thing. Uh, but that that that's basically the last cog in the wheel. The only time that I personally have had any other issues is if based on the repairs, the seller didn't do something. Because, mm. of course, buyer's going to do a final walkthrough. <laughs> and, and once they do that walkthrough, the main thing that they're looking for is let's see what the seller did with regards to re the repairs. Right. And if something doesn't check out, it's like, whoa, let's slow down. Yeah. Yeah. Now that know. makes sense. So, so, let, so let me, let me recap this episode in the last few weeks. And let me know if I got it right. What, what, what I'm hearing in the, the, the key to negotiation is a, is a lot like if you're trying to uh, either like when I'm trying to help somebody create a financial plan and have their, they need clear goals or a better one is like, what I hear a lot is, you know, uh, people who, who are trying to work out or spend more time with family and they don't put any boundaries around like their schedule. Right. A lot, a lot of people don't realize that if you if you put boundaries around your schedule, it actually makes you more productive. Right. Like mm -hmm. there's time to work out, spend time with family and make more money. The key is you have to put boundaries around it and be real clear on what you will and won't do with your time. And then everything moves faster and you get better results in every different place. And I feel like that's what you're saying about the whether you're a buyer or a seller in the beginning. Just be real clear on what you want and what you don't want. And then the rest of the process will go relatively smooth. If you go through without clarity, with changing things, without, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Then you're kind of reacting during the process and it makes it for a, you know, difficult process. Right. Exactly. And, and to that effect, to be honest, it is an emotional process. So for the buyer and for the seller, um, however, that's why they have me as the agent. I, I, I am the non-biased. I don't have a, a dog in the fight, per se. I, I am the objective voice. I am your conscious speaking to you. Like, this is what you said you wanted up front. Let's remember this is what you wanted. Yeah. But, but the buyer's doing this. The seller's doing this. I'm ticked off. I, I get it. I understand. This is what you wanted up front. Let, let's focus in on what we actually wanted. And are we still getting that? If Now, if we're not getting that, don't worry. I'll handle it. Got it. Got it. No, that's that's super helpful, man. Let, let everybody know where they can reach you if they want you to negotiate their lunch. Uh, no, I'm, I'm just playing. <laughs> their, real, their real estate transactions. <laughs> Sounds good. Now, granted, I can negotiate some lunch, too. Now, don't, don't get me wrong. Uh, but the best way to reach me is my cell phone, 317-372-3022. You can email me at rob at inkrealtygroup.com, and that is ink with a K. And I am Rob L., the realtor across most social media channels. All right. Thanks, Rob. Appreciate it. Oh, no doubt. You all make it a great one. Hey, hey.
If you are interested in having a review of your portfolio or to see how far on track you are with your retirement goals, Philip offers complimentary consults through his company, Stonehill Wealth Management. For more information, log on to StonehillWealthManagement.com forward slash talk. That's StonehillWealthManagement.com forward slash talk. Philip Washington Jr. is a registered investment advisor. Information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific securities, investments, or investment strategies. Investments involve risk and, unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. Be sure to first consult with a qualified financial advisor and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. Past performance is not indicative of future performance.